Welcome to Secret Lives of Expanders. This is where we get to meet and learn from those who have done things outside the box. The idea is to introduce you to entrepreneurs, creators, healers who've done really wild things. This episode is no different. This one is with a friend of mine named Mas Sajadi. I had him at one of the Elevate retreats and he did some frequency work on the attendees and we got such great feedback. So I'm bringing him back for an episode here on this podcast because I think he's fascinating. He has not one, but multiple near-death experiences. It's almost like he's halfway in the spirit world. You're going to love hearing his story and the tools that he shares, such as spatial referencing for creating momentum in your life, in your business, and a whole bunch of other things. I loved talking to him about emotional addictions that come with the very routine things that we do on a daily basis, how you make your coffee or brushing your teeth, right? You have emotional addictions that are attached to very random things that you do on a day-to-day basis. And this is an important part of living a life of freedom outside of the matrix, unhooking from those emotional addictions such as stress and overwhelm and scarcity. And I teach this on the regular inside of Elevate Club, how to unhook from these emotional addictions because as long as you identify with all of these, you're gonna experience them over and over again. And to change your life, you're going to have to change your emotions. If this resonates with you and you want more on this topic or things related to this, you can grab an Elevate Club membership at elevate.me. That's www.elivate.me. Feel free to connect with me on social media also. And aside from that, Enjoy this episode with Moss. It will blow your mind. You will love it. You'll take notes and make sure to tune into the next episode. All right. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Secret Lives of Expanders. I am super excited today because I have a, um, a very special human being here with me. Um, I've been able to experience him. I've been able to have him at my retreats. And today you get to experience him on this episode. And I know that you are going to just absolutely love this episode. Um, Today I've got with me Mas Sajadi. He is known as the teacher's teacher, mentor's mentor, leader's leader, and the advisor to the 1%. He has had three near-death experiences, and I'm hoping to touch on, on maybe one or two or all of those today, and has mastered highly advanced knowledge and abilities through those experiences. And so he's become the leading authority in utilizing the power of frequencies to optimize human potential. Um, he's written books. He's got tons of uh, followers. He's had 100,000 successful client sessions in the past 10 years. He travels all over the world. 
And uh, he does a lot of really, really cool things. His meditation program is pretty phenomenal too, which we'll touch on. Well, thank you so much, Moss, for being here with me today. Uh, Nona, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to dive in. So I know I have heard about your uh, near-death experiences at least three times. Like, I feel like every time we talk, I'm like, so yeah, tell me what happened. Um, but can you, cause that is, that was the beginning of you having the abilities and just kind of a big pivot and transformational moments, uh, in your life. Yeah. Can you walk us through that process? Yeah. I'll just briefly go through the process. And then when we can get into the deeper, um, understandings, uh, uh, and you can always go through it on my bio at masajati.com, uh, as well. But, you know, the first near death, I'll just go through and what, um, what I learned from the near deaths. Um, so the first near death was, uh, I was, I was 22, uh, warehouse job and I crushed my jaws in a rail car accident. So basically I was hanging by my jaws. Um, and that really allowed me, the takeaway from that really allowed me to really understand who we are as a potentiality of who we are or, or the possibilities of what we have. So what I saw, as I say, separated from my body was that, well, I saw the 99% of potential that we are. So when you're in your human form or your human identity, uh, you're only 1% of your potential. And most people use less than that even to run their lives. And that's why their life, well, isn't the best. So I started to realize it's like, gosh, we've got so much potential that we never use. And I understand why. Right? So I, at that moment, I understood, say, the possibilities of what we could be. And I really felt, say, the grandest moment that I've ever, ever felt, uh, ever. Uh, and then all the possibilities that I had that I didn't even know I had, you know, at that age. But mm -hmm. again, I was dead. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it didn't really matter much. But as I stepped back into my body uh, through the experience, uh, it, it was it was just a phenomenal event because then my abilities, my potential started to say come out of, uh, you know, come into living form, and that's um, that leads me to the second near death experience, <clears throat> which happened in my like mid forties, uh, and that allowed me to really understand say the possibilities uh, of who we are, uh, the mechanics or the science, what I call exponential intelligence now. Uh, it is an actual science, uh, and I, we can explain more on how that works in, you know, the normal everyday science that we have. Uh, but that really allowed me to really, really start to apply, say, the mechanics or the science behind how to create, say, phenomenal lives. Uh, and this goes beyond, say, success, because most people, for example, Nona, they go, well, you know, if I make a million dollars, you know, I'll be happy and life was all good. Mm -hmm. well, you know, I work on those people. Those people come to me, millionaires and billionaires, and they go, shit, Moss, you know what? I've got everything I need or want, uh, and I'm not happy. Uh, I'm still aging like my parents do. I'm still diseased. I'm still having issues. I'm still, you know, having relationship issues and mm -hmm. all that stuff. I, again, they have everything, but that's what people think, you know, that that's what people think will make them happy. Or the other uh, realm that people come and see me is, is that, you know, people go, well, you know, uh, you know, I went uh, on a retreat. Uh, I went out, this is an actual story. I went out uh, for two years 
uh, and I studied some modality and I came back and life was still the same. I still was aging, you know, so they went into that spiritual aspect and they still weren't say complete or happy. So what I teach these high, high, uh, high level individuals is that, wow, there's a bigger expansion of who you are. And that's, and when you connect, you go, oh, that's what life is about. And it, mm-hmm not only gives you success the proper way, uh, but it also gives you that higher connection, that spiritual connection that we all need. So, mm-hmm. Okay. So, so what is, I'm curious, what is the science? Like what, how does it work? Yeah. So, uh, so just to lay out the foundation, the science behind it all is that, you know, you have Newtonian physics, Okay. And, and that was the original form or the original science, you know, when uh, Newton saw the apple and, uh, you know, it's like, well, how does gravity work? So that was the physics of this world, right? Uh, how, say, the bigger objects of this reality work, uh, you know, magnetism, uh, gravity, uh, speed, and so on like that. So Newtonian physics explains that. But then as uh, as scientists got deeper and deeper into Newtonian physics, there was a lot of, say, things that didn't make sense according to the principles or the laws of Newtonian physics. And then people, you know, like Einstein and many other individuals started to come up with, gosh, there's a smaller or a quantum realm, a smaller world that dictates how, uh, you know, the bigger world, you know, the things, the objects that we can say, touch and feel and experience work. Mm -hmm. And people, you know, and scientists back in the day didn't believe that. And there's, there's still a big, huge argument behind no Newtonian physics, no quantum mechanics or quantum Mm -hmm. physics, you know, Uh, and there's still an argument, but again, there's room for both realities. So the way I see it is you have Newtonian physics, which rests on uh, the quantum physics Mm -hmm. and explaining the smaller particles uh, that make up the bigger, you know, the bigger world. And then, and then what I do is I bridge the gap and this gets into quantum neurobiology, uh, and in areas of science like that, which is actually quite new, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, new field that's expanding. So uh, I bridge the gap. So you have the quantum realm, which again is still like, say, tiny, very tiny, say, minute particles, you know, or bosons and all that, uh, or, you know, people call it the God particle and so on. But if you go one step further, you start to get into the origin of, say, particles or the origin density or basically the bridge between the physical realm and then what we would call the spiritual realm Mm -hmm. the seen world and then the unseen world the unseen world that i tap into uh has you know you this is where you get uh, again uh, you know the spirit side i call it your timeless realm so the unseen world that dictates how this world works or is the foundation of this world uh is of a realm of no time no space mm-hmm. and this is where again according to einstein if it wasn't for time everything would happen all at once right you know you might have seen that movie what is it everywhere everything all at once mm-hmm. uh, i think to that effect basically that world does exist um not as dramatic as that <laughs> as the movie portrays it but again it's about that it's it's about that world and that's the world that i say dive into and that's the world that i can tap into because mm-hmm. of my near death experiences and i teach people how to tap into that realm mm-hmm. 
And this is where they can make, say, uh, magical uh, transformations in their lives. You've seen some of the transformations or, you know, you yourself have experienced some of those transformations. Mm -hmm. So it's quite amazing. Yeah, that that is amazing. And my next question was going to be like, which is what you answered is, can anybody tap into or do you think that there's there's a requirement of a you know near-death experience? Um, there is a requirement. Uh, so what I did was I used a near-death experience properly. Okay. Um, yeah. So I used a near-death experience properly. So what that means is that each near-death uh, allowed me to, say, catapult into higher and higher levels of understanding of how we work. Most individuals uh, and again, it's not just a near-death experience. Every day affords us grand possibilities to really awaken into, say, the potential that we are. Mm-hmm. Like any experience allows us to do that. Uh, a near-death uh, impacts you a bit more, uh, but euphoria, uh, you know, uh, a tragedy, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having a baby, uh, uh, seeing a beautiful sunset, those are all great possibilities for you to, say, escalate your, say, expansion uh, into mm-hmm. understanding who you are. Um, so to answer your question, do you need a near-death experience to understand it? Again, it's not about, say, a near-death experience, but are you ready when you have that experience? Again, whether it's a near-death, which is an extreme way to really catapult yourself, or just falling in love in a proper way. That allows you, or again, tragic experience, that allows you to catapult to higher levels. So you don't need a near-death experience. You don't need any of that. You know, our our meditations do that. Um, sessions with private sessions with me allow you to expand into yourself uh, where I guide you. I literally take your hand and go, here, this is where you're supposed to be. This is what the near-death taught me. Mm-hmm. You can learn from my experiences. Okay. Is there is there a mechanics to it? Like, is there like First, you have to this. So, so I get it. And I've had these experiences where um, a tragic experience, a really painful experience, um, falling in love, you know, seeing the sunset, child being born, watching a child being born or giving birth to a child. Being, all of those experiences are absolutely like they they take you into that space of no time and no space. Right. But is there a mechanics of it from a practical perspective on day to day where I can practice or or do or like step one, two, three that I could get closer or I can bring those experiences into the 3D for myself? Yes, uh, that that's a really great question. So. Uh, yes. So what we do, uh, again, the science is called exponential intelligence. So exponential intelligence just allows you to do it faster because, uh, again, I'm your guide. You can do this on your own, though. So, uh, again, it's not the situation or the experience that you're going through. But those experiences, uh, again, whether it's euphoric type experiences or tragic type experiences, those are opportunities that knock you out of time and space. So it knocks you out of your physical being and mm-hmm. it puts you into, say, a higher level of consciousness of yourself. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to, you know, uh, call it your spirit, you can. So uh, again, it, it, it literally, it disconnects you from the identity or the dimension that you're in and puts you into a higher level dimension. Or again, it awakens you to a point that you can disconnect from say the filters or the self image that you've created of yourself and, you know, catapults you into say your spirit level or a high understanding of who you are. Uh, 
the key is that those are all magnifiers. Uh, for example, success, by the way, uh, is a magnifier. Okay, and uh, I just want to talk about that. Um, fortune and fame is a magnifier. Okay, uh, uh, so when when say that you get into fortune and fame, but you're not um, you're not groomed to awaken. Okay, because what happens when you have a baby, for example, it's a euphoric experience. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, it's a brilliant being coming in. It's an amazing process. You know, I've got six kids of my own, you know, and it's, it's like, wow, this is just amazing. And if you've noticed, those times are moments that time feels like it's standing still. That makes sense to you, right? Uh, beauty, you know, tragedy and all that. It's like, wow, time stands still. The reason why time stands still or time goes into slow motion for you is because literally you've stepped out of your identity of physical, say, form here and into a spirit identity, your mm -hmm. spirit self or your timeless self. And you're seeing it from the no time moment. That's why time feels really slow or things move in slow motion or it's just like time stands still. That's mm -hmm. why that happens. But what happens is that if you have a filter, say that uh, as a child, you were abused or shortchanged somehow, well, all your life experiences, including your hereditary patterns, you know, what you've learned from your parents and so on like that, those are all filters that you're seeing this beautiful moment through. Mm -hmm. So imagine you have this filter of abuse or short change or heart disease or whatever, and then you're seeing like the lens of your life. You're seeing all these the experiences and then your current experience here. So this lens distorts your current experience here. And that's why I call it a magnifier. Mm -hmm. So if you've been in, say, a pattern of abuse and you're not awakened to go, these are lenses that I'm seeing my life through those moments of a near death experience um, will magnify you to be more abused uh, or have experiences of abused, for example, mm -hmm. or experiences, negative experiences for you. If you're awakened, it allows you to, again, if you're awakened, you're not seeing through the lens, you're seeing above the lens. Mm. And that's what I say when I say groomed, you see above the lens, above how you see your life and you go, shit, these lenses aren't working for me. By the way, these lenses are usually my parents' patterns, not even mine. So those experiences allow you to, you know, see from a higher perspective and go, I don't need these lenses. Mm -hmm. This is where it allows a near death or anything euphoric including success allows you to disconnect from that and you go wow so you see a pure version and then again you escalate mm -hmm. uh, and that beautiful moment allows you to again expand mm -hmm. okay so the point nona i want to impress upon you and your audience is that it's not again for example success uh it's not things that make you happy uh, anything can magnify you to awaken, but mm -hmm. so it's not the event that awakens. It's how you process the event that awakens. And that's why, uh, I'm sorry, but a lot of times, uh, people who are highly successful or they rapidly go into fortune and fame, uh, there's a ton of individuals like that, that I, again, we work with, um, you know, they go into the fortune and fame and then the next day they go, what the hell just happened? I'm not happy. I'm more depressed. 
than ever. And this is where like suicidal tendencies, again, I'm giving you an extreme version, but this is where suicidal tendencies happen with a lot of those individuals who created mass fortune and fame. Uh, again, that was a magnifier event, but they saw the filters that they were running through, but they 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 didn't ima- they didn't allow it to delete those filters. What happened was they they come um they doubled down on those filters, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And then their success becomes even more distorted for them or their life becomes more abusive. Yeah. That is such a that's I love that. I love that so much because in some ways, and and I know I'm simplifying this by a lot, but the experience, you, you can experience the same scene, the same people, the same experiences, same event. And that experience with the collective of all of its traits can magnify you, take you to the next level because it gives you the state of euphoria or whatever, and it can connect you that same exact event and experience and people and and again all of its traits can actually like start a downward spiral just depending on what the lens is and what the filters are absolutely that's why success doesn't really make you happy although success can make you happy mm-hmm. And that's why spirituality or going that path can make you happy. But then there's a lot of people that aren't happy with it. They feel empty when they go in. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not the event. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and again, you, you got, you caught onto it really fast. Again, it's not the event. It's how you use or process the event to help Mm -hmm. you remove the filters that you think you are. And and what we do goes into a genetic level. And this is where people go, shit, you know what? I don't have to age like my parents. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have to have the same diseases like my parents. Uh, How how grand is that? So you really get to create your life the way you want to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. So Piggybacking off of off of what we just talked about, then does this mean <clears throat> using using logic that the experience doesn't even have to be this beautiful euphoric moment or the sunset or anything like that? Actually, it could be something extremely painful. It could be something that is traumatic, and just depending on the filter or the lens you're looking at it or experiencing it, or how many of those filters or what filters you have, you can that can either propel you to connection and, or the other way. Yep, absolutely. Again, it's the impact on how, say, that experience uh, pulled you out of your identity that you are. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, going back to, I think, Newton's first law of motion. So an object will tend to stay in in, in a straight path uh, unless there's another object that, you know, uh, changes that path for yeah. it. So, so again, most people their path will get magnified or sped up. Mm-hmm. It, it pulls them, it pushes them into that direction that they're going into faster. What people who are successful or, you know, exponentially intelligent, what they do is like, shit, I don't like this path that I'm going down. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use that momentum from whatever experience, good or bad, to knock me into a different path. And that's oh. what, and they go, oh, wow, that's, and so it's not psychology or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. literally, a dimension in time and space that you're always moving towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So I want to shift gears because I, I'm curious 
this this episode, if you haven't noticed, is all about me just getting my questions answered. Um, I want to know how you tap into that. Like, yeah, I get it that you've had these experiences and obviously they've they've magnified the uh, the connection that you have. But what are some meditation? I know and I've done your meditations. A lot of my uh, people who've gone through my retreats and you were there, they've done your meditations and things like that. So I know it's a powerful thing. I meditate. It's my non-negotiable every day, but, but what are some other things that, um, and somebody listening to this episode can be like, all right, if I do this, or if I practice this, or are there tools and practices that you do personally, you've done, or you recommend to your clients? Oh, absolutely. Uh, again, whatever I teach, uh, I've personally gone through, uh, and I've gone through a hell of a lot. <laughs> I've probably made more mistakes. Uh, by the way, one thing for your audience, don't worry about making mistakes. Okay, mm-hmm. Make as many as mistakes as you can. The younger, the better, um, by the way. But the key is, guys, don't make the same mistake twice. Okay. okay? <laughs> or at max, three times. Okay. And, and then and learn from that experience. But successful individuals, again, they make a hell of a lot more mistakes than ever, um, uh, but they always learn and they never make the same mistake, okay? Mm -hmm. So they tend to see all the possibilities that things doesn't work the way they should, and then they narrow it down to possibilities that do work, Mm -hmm. and that's how you create success. Um, So most people who are not successful, uh, what they do is like they make the same mistake over and over and over again. Uh, and it's like, well, you know, um, they don't go into the factors. So, again, if what you can do on your own every day is start asking yourself, it's like, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Like, where did that come from? And you'll start to see that, you know, you might have success habits, for example, mentorship. You know, you might have success habits from your father, um, but say, and this is, we'll, we'll, we'll put a real example to it. How's that sound? Mm-hmm. Uh, women who are highly successful. And then, uh, and again, I know these women, they do multi-billion dollar deals and so on. And they're, they're tragically unhappy. Mm. You know, I've reached the pinnacle of my success, but Moss, I don't even feel like a woman anymore. I don't even know who the hell am I, you know? So what they did was they learned success patterns, Mm -hmm. usually from a masculine person, their father, a mentor, and so on like that. So what they did was they they copied the exact, say, frequency of success Mm -hmm. from a masculine person and put it on a female frequency. Mm-hmm. So they lose their identity of becoming a woman. So the more success they have, the less they feel of themselves. Mm-hmm. So if you are successful or not so successful, you start asking yourself, okay, it's like, okay, what patterns am I running? And it could be even simple ways of like, you know, the way you brush your hair. It's like, how did I, how did I learn how to brush my hair? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you might have copied, for example, how your sister, you know, if you're a little girl and you watch your sister brush her hair, right? But the key is that um the key is that if you're watching your sister brush her hair, uh, and this is how learning works, you not only learn how to brush your hair you learn the environment around it. So if your sister is always, say, anxious or tense, Mm. and you're that little kid watching, 
say your sister or your mother or whatever it might be, okay? Uh, and you go, oh, that's how you brush your hair. But then what you've also learned and what you've also incorporated, not in your brain, although that's part of it, but at, in a cellular identity, your frequency, you've learned anxiety mm. as well. Does that make sense? So that becomes part of you. Just like learning success, most people think success and security is a masculine frequency. That's a total lie. It's a frequency. Mm-hmm. People have attached masculine and feminine features to it. That's why success doesn't work well for a lot of women. They become really aggressive or assertive or um, no offense, but I, I was watching the CEO of IBM, uh, I think total masculine person. I was just listening to her voice and I go, oh my God, she's a woman. She sounds like a guy. Mm-hmm. No offense. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, very highly intelligent, uh, uh, very nice person. But again, she's lost her identity because, again, success for her was a masculine frequency. So uh, what you can do day by day is literally go, how did I get my success principles or how did I get my non-success principles? Where did it come from? Mm-hmm. How did I get my body shape? How did I get my uh, you know, my habit of eating or my preferences for food or preferences for the relationship that I have mm-hmm. to keep asking and asking and asking. And then this is where you start to go, oh shit, you know what? My mom or aunt had the same experience. And mm-hmm. then that starts to go, gosh, then what you do is you, you learn from that experience or that habit or belief system that you have, and then shift it into another uh, aspect of yourself. Mm-hmm. Another way of doing it, a better way of doing that is I call spatial referencing, where you start to uh, understand how you render or create yourself in this reality. Mm-hmm. And it's really simple, by the way. And spatial referencing really, and we teach this on the 18-day on meditations, or um, you know, we're going to be soon calling it uh, human reset meditations. Um, but spatial referencing is basically like a GPS. It's a success GPS for you. Just like if you want to go from point A to point B, if you want to have, well, I'm here, I want to have a goal of making a lot of money or getting married or whatever. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know where they are in life. Mm-hmm. So it's like you Google, you know, Google Maps, right? It's like, hey, I want to get to, I don't know, the opera house. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, where the hell are you? Mm-hmm. And you input, I don't know. You'll never get to the opera house. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and most people go, well, I'm a mom, I'm this, I'm that. Those aren't reference points that your body uses to get you to your goals. And that's why when you reach your goal, by the way, by accident, mostly, uh, your goal doesn't satisfy you because you lost your identity, by the way. So you start to understand, again, spatial referencing allows you to say reference what dimension uh, of your multidimensional self that you're creating yourself in. Mm-hmm. And spatial referencing is is the one, two, three, say, steps on when people go, hey, I'm present, or being mindfulness, uh, you know, mindfulness, being present, um, uh, being in, in the zone and so on like that. Spatial referencing allows you to be that be in the zone or be present. So spatial, what spatial referencing in it is basically is like you pick an object around your environment, you know, usually a visual object, but you can, you've got five senses. You can use any, any of those senses. You pick an object and then you reference that to your body part. 
So, it, and and when you start doing that, it pushes you again into the present moment. Time. Wait, hold on one second. So, I look at this object. There's a coffee cup here, and yeah. how do? What do you mean by projecting that onto my body? Yeah. So you look at that object. Say the coffee cup, and, and you want to use something that's a little more further out for you. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're looking at, um, mm-hmm. or you know, to the side. So, for example, there's a um, well. You guys will see a window. So there's a window to mm-hmm. my right. Right. So mm-hmm. you reference the window is there. Okay. Right? And then what you do is go. My nose, the tip of my nose, is here. Mm-hmm. If you do that consistently mm-hmm. throughout your day, you one, you don't get scatterbrained. Two, those people who are, who are empathic, you will stop absorbing frequencies of your environment. Because what 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 you do, no, no. Say you look at that coffee cup, you merged into that coffee cup. Your your consciousness literally went into. So again, you or your your audience, look at anything, uh, and you'll go and you zoom into. You literally your presence goes into the object. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You. Look if you're talking to a person, mm-hmm. basically lose your identity here and you go into that person mm-hmm. uh, say reality. And this is where a lot of people get messed up. Or, you know, you walk away and you go, God, I got so tired talking to that person. Mm-hmm. You know, that. That's an extra, right? Or it's like, uh, every time I hang out with that person, I feel so drained. I got to go take a nap. Or if you have clients that work on people, yeah. it's like, I could only work on one or two clients. Because you're using your own energy, you're losing your identity. Okay. Does that make sense? So this is the reverse. You're using it um, uh, in reverse, where the object is over there, and you keep it over there, and you go, "My body is over here," and you want to start out with just like body parts, just like you know, the tip of your nose, your ear, your collarbone, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it tells you that object is there. I'm over here, and it puts you in it uh, again. The science behind it is that it allows you to put you in a dimension of time. And this is where people have just done spatial referencing. So this is this is very beginning spatial referencing. People have done it and they've got on, they've got on off their depression meds. Because mm. most depression and so on, anxiety, depression, and so on like that are people who are really jittery and they literally don't know where they create themselves. This is why they go, I'm off center, I'm off balance, and all those sayings right that's where it comes from literally right uh i don't know who i am because uh, again you those people start moving around so spatial referencing allows you to center yourself and you go oh that's why or that's how i'm creating the reality God. Uh, so and then that's fascinating. Yeah. referencing as well by the way which is really cool because then you can go into multi-dimensional realms you can go to astro travel and you know all those cool things this is where inventors uh, have great ideas, uh, or they can access great ideas. So. Wow, that's that sounds fun. That sounds like another hour just to talk about the <laughs> what you just dropped in here at the end of this episode. So, um, yes, that is that's fascinating. I loved um, the last two pieces we talked about. So much wisdom in here, like um, you know the the environment being attached to the thing that you do like brushing your hair that's why i think for most people it's so hard to tap into like even i know people and myself i experienced this myself i meditate an hour a day sometimes twice a day 
And um, that's to me, like at the beginning when I was meditating, it was like, okay, I'm going to meditate to like start quote unquote, start my day on the right foot or whatever. But the reality is you go through your day unaware of how you brush your teeth, how you brush your hair, how you eat your breakfast, how you take your coffee and, and not just how you're doing those things from a physical perspective, but also the emotions and the environmental anchors that come with it. Like more recently, I tried to, I was like, let me hold the state of gratitude while I brush my teeth. I mean, you brush your teeth for like a few minutes, right? And it is the most challenging thing to do. And I just came out of an hour long meditation thinking I'm all zenned out, but that is because those are the patterns that you have to recognize. The way you put it was really, really powerful. And then of course the spatial referencing, I'm sure it's going to come in handy for so many people. And like in, in an extreme example of it is dealing with a toxic person in your, um, you know, toxic relationship that you have to deal with, right. You can't disconnect from that person for whatever reason. So yeah, it, it literally allows you to define your boundaries because most people define their boundaries by putting up rules or putting up a shield. And it, it, it's so hard that way because you're always expending energy to put up a shield to protect yourself from people or, you know, or I need to take a break and all that. But uh, in this case, you just are. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. You just are. And you know who you are. So nothing can come into you. Your cup is full. So nobody else's bullshit can come into you. And it's like you stay cleaner and you stay pure. Yeah. And it helps that person as well, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. That was beautiful. Tell us about, tell everyone about your um, 18 day meditation thing that you guys do. It's, it's, it's really powerful. And I highly recommend people uh, joining and tell us about it. Uh, I call it an 18 day hyper meditation. Uh, and again, it is a meditation, but it's very different than a meditation. Most meditative me- meditations, again, there's thousands of varieties of meditations that are out there. Um, basically what you do is your body stays here and then you escape and you're in a happy mode or in a happy zone. But when you come in, into the real world or your normal world, uh, you're stressed out and so on like that. So it's just like, a, it's just like a, uh, you know, like a injection of happiness that kind of lingers throughout the day for you. Uh, and yes, it does help. But what we do is like, why don't you bring, how can you not, how can you bring in that bliss state that you escape into, into your current moment? So you're living in that bliss state 24 uh, seven. Again, you're into the present moment state uh, again, within your body. So uh, a simpler way of putting it is that you, instead of escaping into those realms where your spirit say exists, mm-hmm. or, and basically, we're pulling your spirit in with you, mm. in and around your body. And this is where you feel real security. This is where you feel real love. And and as your spirit starts to come in, and this is all happens through the 18 days, by the way, uh, as your spirit starts to come in, it's like, it starts to analyze, it's like, shit, what have I done with my life? You know, it's like, I'm not supposed to be in lack. I'm not supposed to be diseased or anything. I'm a spirit. Uh, and spirit 
if you're awakened or a limitless being, uh, if you're that sciencey type, we all know that there's a limitless potential that we have deep inside that's buried within us. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So maybe you are spiritual ago, that's my spirit. So, mm-hmm. but as a limitless being, you have pure potential, but we just can't figure out how to get it out of us. So mm-hmm. the 18 days allows us to tap into that pure potential or your limitless power. Uh, that you have, or what Yoda would call it, what did he call it? Uh, uh, the power within and all that. So it allows you to get into it. And and as your spirit comes into it, it's like, well, I'm a limit, limitless being. What am I doing being unhappy? And this <laughs> is where you start to create, or this is where you start to heal. And this people have healed themselves from, uh, you know, the, the most terminal diseases. Mm their bodies so throughout the 18 days we go through the process of literally starting to awaken the potential that you know that you have deep inside that nothing else has worked with uh, or nothing else that you might have tried uh, to uh, starting to understand the mechanics of how to access it uh, tapping into that and then three starting to operate from that and this is where you would have like decades of transformation within those 18 days literally Beautiful. Yeah. I highly recommend everybody taking a look at it. We will put the link in um, the show notes. It'll be in here somewhere. And um, if people have any questions or if they want to connect with you, I know you're on social media, your website, all of that can go in the show notes as well. But what's a good place for people to connect? You can go to masajadi.live. That's M-A-S-S-A-J-A-D-Y.live. That's my YouTube channel. Uh, it explains how life actually works mm-hmm. uh, and also gives you solutions. And we go into uh, many, say, deep state meditations uh, on. Uh, so that's a free, you know, if you're getting your feet wet on frequencies, because it's very different than psychology or anything else you've tried. Uh, that allows you to understand this, uh, the science. If you want to know the science, you can you do go to the XI podcast, Exponential Intelligence podcast. Uh, and that allows you or, again, helps you understand the science behind it. So, and those are all free for you, uh, again, to get into the process of becoming exponentially intelligent. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Awesome. Yes, I definitely recommend everybody tap into that. Everything and anything that Moss is putting out is going to be massively uh, valuable. So, um, wow, thank you. Today's episode was just full of wisdom and very interesting things. So, I highly um, recommend everybody to get in touch with you. And I honor the, the time that I've had with you. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. I know you're super busy. I thank appreciate you so much. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening in to another episode of um, Secret Lives of Expanders. And I hope you tune in to the next episode. If you haven't already subscribed Um, and connect with myself or Moss, do so and uh, tune into the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got some applicable nuggets to quantum leap your life and your practice. Be sure to subscribe to this channel and be the first to know when we release our next guest here on Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Nona Javid, D-J-A-V-I-D, to keep up with my not-so-secret life. And um, check out Elevate Club at www.elevate.me, and Elevate is spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. We'll see you at the next episode.